right, all right. Good morning, everyone. Let's all stand up to our feet today for the reading of the word. We're going to dive into the message. And we've been in this series now what? The first series that we started in the year was called 360-Degree Life. And we came, with that, came up with that epiphany when we started recording our services in 360. By the way, it's recorded right now. So if someone's wearing a VR glasses right now, or goggles right now, they could see you. So wave high to this little guy right here. Everybody can see you right there. Um, but we realized that, man, what a great metaphor that is about life, that if everyone could see all the angles, if you could eliminate all the blind spots in your life, how much more growth can you have in 2022, right? And so we talked about awareness for that first series. And now, now this series is called Now What? Because we want to turn that awareness into action. And so the first week we, we talked about how to stop worrying. Who needed that message? And then the following week, we talked about how to love people. Who needs that message? This week, I titled this week, How Do I Keep Fighting? Who likes to fight? Let's be real. Anybody likes to fight? You just, you just like to scrap sometimes. Maybe, maybe not like physical fighting, but who likes, ready? Don't, don't look at your spots right now, but who just loves to argue sometimes? Right? You just love to argue. My wife, she's never been in a physical fight her whole entire life. Never, unless you take her to Ikea. Come on, somebody. Some of you knew we just moved, so we had to go buy some furniture in Ikea. And I wish you would try to take her parking spot. You know the deal with Ikea, right? You buy your furniture, but you can't take your furniture into the parking lot. So there's these parking spots that you park into to load your vehicle. And it's a scrap out there in Philly. Right, so I saw this little Italian girl try to pick a fight with somebody over a parking spot, and I had a reminder, girl, you've never been in a physical fight your whole life. What are you doing? But she, there's some fight in her. I see it, and I like it, and I'm kind of turned on. Sorry, kids. Kind of turned on. But today, I want to talk about how to keep fighting in your life. Some of us, you're in a big fight. Either you're leaving a fight, you're in a fight, or you're going to be in a fight. And I want to identify what type of fight you're in today. So we're going to turn to Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6. And this is Paul. So let me give you the background of this book here. Your Bible is actually not just one book. It's made of 66 books. And one of the books is called Ephesians. It's a letter by the guy named Paul to the church in Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. So in this last chapter, everybody say last chapter. In the last chapter of this book, he starts talking to them, talking to this church about warfare about fighting, and he says this. He goes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And again, he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all this, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fasted on, fasted on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Everybody say, all the saints. That means everybody. Everybody. We don't say the V here. Everybody. 
all right? That means everybody, and also for me, that the words may be given to me to open up my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains that I might declare boldly as I ought to speak. So here's the crazy part. This man is writing to this church talking about keep on, keep on standing on, keep on fighting, and he's writing this letter while he's in prison. While he's in prison, he's telling them, stand firm, be strong in the Lord while he's in prison. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be moments in your life where you have to proclaim truth to someone else, even though you're going through your own struggles. And this is what Paul's doing here. And he's teaching them how to fight, and more importantly, who to fight in Jesus' name. So if you're ready today, say, I'm here. I'm ready. Draw me closer. Make me better. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you're being seated, there's a lot of people in the room. Compliment somebody on the way down. Tell them they look good in this lighting. It's nice little dim lighting. Tell them you smell all right. Tell them something. How do I keep on fighting? At the risk of sounding like your pastor's gonna be on a breakdown, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real with you, I'm gonna keep it 100. This has been probably the toughest two years of ministry. Too real? Too real too soon, Mike? Toughest two years, and it continues to keep on going. In fact, uh, I need everyone to pray that, uh, I don't know if you know this, we have two locations. We have this location and we have a location in Sewell. And uh, the, the location pastor, Barry Hoover, um, on Tuesday found out that his brother-in-law died of an overdose. And unfortunately, on top of that, uh, both sets of parents, his wife's parents and his parents, uh, there, there's a cancer diagnosis on either side. Earlier this year, he, he was fostering uh, this little girl, and they took the little girl away, um, in my opinion, in, a, in an unjust way. So hit after hit after hit, seeing what he's going through. And then, if I'm honest, like just some of the stuff that we're going through, and, and uh, there's been other cancer diagnoses within our church, and, and it's been heavy. It's been heavy trying to manage everything and deal with anything and, and, and pivot outside of COVID and and it's been tough. And then to top it off, it's just a sprinkle on top, because that's what life likes to do. It likes to sprinkle on top. We moved this week, and you would think, all right, Mike's going to get a break. We moved. And it was beautiful. I thought this was it. Saturday, last Saturday, it was like 60 degrees. Y'all remember that? It's beautiful. Like, come on, Lord. Thank you for this weather as we move in. But we didn't notice that because it was so nice that our heater wasn't working. So our heater wasn't working, and so we didn't realize. And then remember the next day, because, like, New Jersey's, like, that crazy ex-wife that you can't get rid of? She likes to change up her mind, right? She went from 60 to the teens. Like, it was 19 degrees the next day. Remember, it was snowing that Sunday, right? And so we felt it, and because of supply chain delays, we couldn't get our heater fixed for the next week or so. Oh, but it doesn't stop there, folks. Then the oven doesn't work, right? So, like, it's one thing, like, I could wear a coat, but, Lord, my stomach. 
You're taking away a lot of things right now, God. And, and so we're struggling, and, and I'm smiling right now, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm keeping it up for you right now. But at the end of the day, I'm going to let you know that, like, I was, I was getting hit left and right. Yeah, have you ever gotten punched so much by life, you go like, okay, enough. I, I had that enough type of moment. It's like enough, enough when it comes to my, my friend that's pastoring over in Sewell. Enough when it comes to the people in our church. Enough with the political agendas. Enough with the division. Enough with COVID, God. Who's with me this morning? I, I just, I've had enough. How do I keep on fighting? And so Wednesday morning, I'm getting ready. And as a backup, because this is what we've learned in this season, you, you have backup plans, right? Ain't that right, Efren? So every week, I don't know if you know this, every week I pre-record this sermon just in case. And so as I'm, as I'm getting ready to preach this same message to you on Wednesday, I had a completely different sermon prepped. I wanted to preach something different. We planned on preaching about this concept called spiritual warfare, but I'm like, no, not this week, God. I don't have it in me. But then he says, no, you're going to do it, and let me help you out. And this is, my, this is the way me and God talk to each other. He goes, you stop fighting. You, you, all you're doing is just maintaining. I didn't call you to maintain. I called you to fight. And if I'm honest with you, I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church. Adios te bendiga. Gloria a Dios santo. And so when you talk about spiritual warfare, my imagery of spiritual warfare was was Sister Maria screaming at demons the whole entire service, okay? That, that to me was spiritual warfare. So I was like, I don't know about that God. And he says, no, I need you to get back to fighting spiritual warfare like I've called you to fight. Which is a strange concept because you know that here at Fervor Church, we like to make the word of God approachable. We like to make the word of God approachable. And so I don't like to get all weird because and, and, I, I believe that the truth of God is approachable. But also there's some points about the truth of God that are unavoidable. And spiritual warfare is one of them. So Paul's talking to this church and it's the last chapter of his letter to this church. And he tells them something like, be strong. He tells them something like, hey, there's something that I'm preparing you for. Well, what are you preparing us for? You're preparing us to fight. Preparing us to fight what? Fight against who? Fight against who? Who are we fighting against? He goes, we do not fight against flesh and blood. So he makes a list. He gives us a list of these are the things that we're fighting, y'all. To this day, these are the things that we're fighting. We're fighting against rulers and authorities. We're fighting against darkness. We're fighting against spiritual forces of evil. And you ready for this one? He even adds that sometimes we're just fighting evil days. You ever just wanted to punch a day in the face? Come on. He says sometimes it's not even an evil person. It's just an evil day. He says we're not battling against flesh and blood. And I think too often in our attempt to make the kingdom of God approachable, we talk about it as though these are just human experiences and we forget who we are. And we have to identify who we are because who we are determines what we do. Who we are determines what we do. And more importantly, not just determine what we do, but it also determines how we respond. And I think because we attempted to make the kingdom of God so approachable, we're treating it as a human experience. But let me remind you, you are a spiritual being. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. 
Hello? We think we're human beings having just occasional spiritual experiences. No, 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 no. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. Thank God in heaven this body isn't coming with us. Come on. My wrist hurts. My back hurts. My knees hurt. Thank God I ain't taking this thing over there. All right? We are spiritual beings having a human experience. That's important to identify because who we are determines what we do, and it also determines how we respond. So this is why Paul's saying we don't battle against flesh and blood. Hey, listen, this determines what we do. What we do. So, so real quick, when, when you battle against just, just flesh and blood, when you battle against material things, when it's a spiritual battle, we're just punching against the air and we're not hitting anything. Because we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so there's two different sides of the spectrum here. Can I just kick that over? Two different sides. There's some people in this room that's like, already, I'm checked out. This is way too woo-hoo for me. All right? I was with you. Way too woo-hoo. Talk about spiritual stuff. You know, like that's equivalent to like seances and tarot cards and all this other stuff. No, 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 it's a different thing. Remember, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. So for those of you who are, feels like this is too woo-hoo, let me just remind you of Scripture for a second. Because Scripture tells us in John 4, 24, that God is spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on. We attempt, maybe the reason why some of us have plateaued spiritually or plateaued in our faith it's because we're just trying to worship God in logic and in reason rather than in spirit and in truth. Come on. And he says, and, and this is scripture, okay? So like you, you're here. You're here, that means you believe in God. I get it. It feels too woo-hoo for me. It feels too out there for me. But if we're gonna be people of faith, if we're gonna be believers of God, then we gotta take his word seriously. And he says, those who worship me, it's not even optional, must Worship me in spirit and in truth. So we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Our faith, our faith needs to be more than just an observation of morality. And for some of us who this is all too woo-hoo-y, you like to keep it intellectual because that, then it's tangible, then it's manageable. And, and so it takes away the mystery because mystery makes y'all some, some of y'all really nervous. And I'm telling you that there's some parts of life that if, 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 you have, if you require certainty, it's going to kill your faith. Because faith is the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the evidence of things that you cannot observe. So if this is all too woo-hoo for you, Let's make sure that we're going back to Scripture, and then Scripture tells us, hey, this is essential. It's essential to view everything as spiritual because we serve a God who is spirit. God is spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Y'all getting this? In spirit and in truth. And, and your knowledge will pass away. We use this verse all the time at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, love never fails. But notice it says this, love never fails. And it actually, the verse, verse 8 tells us that knowledge will pass away, but love will last forever. Your knowledge is going to pass away. So why would God want you to worship him with something that's going to pass away? When we're called to worship him for eternity. So have I won some of you woo-hoo people over? But then let me, the other side of the spectrum is some of y'all just love this crap. 
Ooh, we talk about spiritual warfare. Ooh, I know this one. I know this one. I'm ready to run up and down the aisles. Tell me when. Tell me when. Tell me when. Ooh, I want to cast out demons from 10 feet. Ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Some of y'all love this. And I'm going to tell you right now, calm down. Calm down. Because we're still not all about that life. All right? Because I still believe that, yes, there's a spiritual warfare, but God is still a God of order. He's a God of order. And not only this, some of us, when we've grown up, and again, I've been there, we've grown up with spiritual warfare and something in church. And, and, and listen, spiritual warfare is more than just yelling at demons. Sometimes spiritual warfare is actually about you taking every thought captive more than it's about demons. Sometimes spiritual warfare is about you just shutting your mouth up. And it has nothing to do with how loud you are. So I want to talk about some of the people on the opposite spectrum. Ooh, I love this. Ooh, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm going to get my Benny Hinn on. Calm down. Somebody like, who's Benny Hinn? Don't worry about it. If you don't know, it wasn't for you. All right? He says this. He says, keep alert. Keep alert for all the saints. And what I've noticed is that, notice that he's saying us to keep alert all the time. So spiritual warfare isn't about Sundays. Not only that, spiritual warfare isn't just about us. Because it tells us, you said it, you repeated it. It's for all the saints. Sometimes we got to go to bat for other people. For all the saints. So this just isn't just about your protection either. Because notice how he ends this. He goes, you keep on fighting this battle. Why? So that we can continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So spiritual warfare isn't always about protection. Sometimes it's actually more about proclamation. So you continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus. There is not a demon under every rock. There's sometimes those people on the opposite spectrum where you just love this stuff, like everything, you just, everything's all about the devil. Have you heard the story about there was one day, the deacon walked outside of the, the parking lot in one of the churches and there was a devil sitting on a bench and he was sitting there crying. And the deacon says, what's wrong, devil? He goes, they're blaming me for everything in there. And I think at times that's what exactly what we do. We like to blame everything on the devil. Before you start rebuking Satan, rebuke stupidity first. I'm going there. Come on. And so he's given us these weapons, the armor of God, right? One day somebody gave me, they always, sometimes they just feel like they have to give me a spiritual gift. Somebody gave me a teddy bear with the armor of God on it. I lost it. It was somewhere in my office somewhere. I didn't make the move from one office to the other. But I'm like, hey, you could just get me like popcorn, something I could eat. You don't have to give me something spiritual all the time. <laughs> but you see this, 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 we, this weapon, these weapons that, that, that Paul's given them. And, and obviously they're symbolic, but there's a spiritual element to it. So he's given us these weapons, and the weapons indicate what battle we're supposed to be fighting. And also, before we go into it, these weapons, these weapons are for you to win. These weapons are for you to win. There are too many Christians, even nowadays, even myself. I'm preaching to myself back on Wednesday. I was, I was almost walking around defeated. 
but I had to remind myself of Isaiah 54 where it says this, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Which, which, listen, listen to what that indicates. There will be weapons formed against you, but you just have to remind yourself that it will not prosper. Not only that, let me talk to the, some of the people that you feel defeated. And again, I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you. Notice that the armor just covers the front. What does that tell you? That tells you that we are not called to retreat. Those of us who run away, you're actually more vulnerable to defeat than you are if you just keep on moving forward. I hope that's preaching to somebody today. It's the breastplate, it's all in the front, the shield. It's all in the front. You are not called to retreat because your retreat will lead to your defeat, bars. <laughs> no weapon formed against you. So real quick, y'all ready to take notes? The weapons, these weapons, actually tell us what battleground we're fighting in. So remember, those of you who are woo-hoo, I won you over. Those of you who are like, I love this stuff, calm down, because I'm gonna tell you where the real battlegrounds are because it's found, it's indicated with what weapon we're using. Y'all ready? Here's the first battleground, lies. What's the first thing he told us? The belt of truth. You ever ran into a mad saved person, someone who's just mad saved? You know what I'm talking about? They got Jesus fish everywhere. Mad extra saved people. I remember I went to Dallas, Texas. This dude had this big belt buckle blinged out and it said truth. Come on. And then, but the problem is I saw him bend over to get something, you know, get, get, pick up his bag and then I saw his butt crack and I'm like, that truth ain't holding up very well. The devil's a liar, need a better belt buckle. Mad saved people, but the belt of truth, we're supposed to fight the lies. And so my prayer is that if we're not walking around casting all oh, devil, I rebuke you. And can I remind you, there's only one Satan. Sometimes we treat Satan as though he's omnipresent, that he's everywhere at all times. Like, oh, Satan's after you. I'm, not to bust your bubble, you ain't that important. Right? Again, sometimes it's just stupidity. Sometimes it's us just allowing ourselves to buy into the lies that are in our atmosphere. And so spiritual warfare, if we understand this, we're giving us the belt of truth. And so I'm just giving you some examples in my life. This week, I had to go, you know what? I, no longer I'm not, am I going to allow that lie to coexist with truth in my life. So in the name of Jesus, I'm telling that lie to go wherever Jesus wants you to go. That sounds weird and that sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it's going to drive you crazy if you allow these lies to continue to live in your life. Some of you have bought into the lie that you're not enough. That's a lie. And you need to tell that lie to go right back to hell where it came from. That's spiritual warfare. Some of you have bought into the lie that you're going to be single for the rest of your life and you're never going to get married. Send that lie to hell where it came from. That you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. You know what lies love to do? Lies love to make declaratives. They do. Loves to make declaratives. Loves to just tell you, oh, this is, going to be, this is always going to be this way. That's a lie. There's very few always in your life. 
God will always be there for you. God, God will never fail, always and ever. They're very few. And if, and if you're manufacturing those, those are lies, and we need to cast those things out. We need to rebuke those things more than anything else in our lives in Jesus' name. Y'all getting this? And we need to fight those lies. And look at, look at how Jesus did it, man. He, he always fought back with truth. He was full of grace and truth. And so are you right now, I bet you, I, I can guarantee you that the Holy Spirit's right now showing you, hey, here's some lies in your life that you bought into. Maybe the lies that this ain't real, you're wasting your time here on a Sunday morning. The lies that are sitting there telling you that, you know what, you are held back by all the mistakes you've made in your life. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is the battleground. That is the battleground. It's called lies. Second battleground is wrong living. Notice he gives us the breastplate of righteousness. Now, in the Bible, there's two types of righteousness. There's imputed righteousness. I know that's a big word, but this is the righteousness that we get from Jesus. This is a righteousness that you don't have to do anything for. Jesus already gave you it. That you're righteous because Jesus is righteous. Somebody say a big amen. All right? So there's that type of righteousness that you don't have to worry about. That when God looks at my life, the, that time when I'm cussing people out in traffic, the times where, where, where I'm bugging out and I'm, I'm stressed out and I'm taking it out on people, God doesn't see Mike Rosado. He sees Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. That's called imputed righteousness. But yet there's another righteousness that we have to pursue. Because the Bible does says, be holy as I am holy. And so because he's given us this breastplate of righteousness, the battleground is wrong living. And this is, this is shaky because, you know, normally I'm not up here checking people and correcting people's behavior. But what I want you to do is I want you to live on conviction. I'm not telling you what to, to, what, what to feel guilty for. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Can I get an amen? And let me remind you, that's not your job to, make somebody, to shame somebody else to change. Church needs to stop with that crap. We don't shame anybody to change. We love people into change, but you don't shame anybody to change. It doesn't work. And so what my job is to, to, to help tether you to a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I trust the results of that relationship. So you trust the results of that relationship. Because do I believe that there's right and wrong? Absolutely. But sometimes, based on our makeup, that it might look differently. Convictions might look differently to certain people. And that's something that the church needs to get because nowadays we wanted to put our convictions onto someone else. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not wearing a mask. Oh, you should wear a mask. And you should do this. And we're imposing our convictions on somebody else. Do you, boo-boo. And do your best. I can't pull out scripture to tell you what to do exactly in regards to that, but I can pull out scripture that we love people at all costs. I can't pull out scripture that we're called to be peacemakers. Come on. That we're called to love our neighbor regardless. I can pull out those scriptures. We forgot about that because we're too big arguing about some stupid mask. And in the same way, the church, and this isn't new to the church. The church has done this. You should not drink. No, it's okay to drink. Listen, if, my, if, if, if you feel that you, are, you have a predisposition to be an addict, then don't drink. That's your conviction. Let the Holy Spirit handle that person. But honestly, Pastor Mike, we'll drink a glass of wine, especially with some bread and the oil. Glory to God, I'm married to an Italian. That's the way to do it. I do communion my way. <laughs> right? 
But, but, but do I get drunk? No, absolutely not. But sometimes we like to push our convictions onto other people, right? But you know when you're living wrong. You know when you're living wrong. So I'm not going to give you a list of, I don't, want to, I don't want you to modify your behavior. I want you to pursue Jesus. And those two things are completely different. Are completely different. And when you're pursuing Jesus, you're, 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 when you are hesitant to let go of your wrong living, it, that is the thing that leaves you more vulnerable to defeat in your life than a lot of other things. You could cast out demons all you want, but if you're still living it, and there's a difference, there's a difference, folks. There's a difference between tripping up on sin and reclining in it. We all trip up on it. Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. You will trip up on sin, but you know darn well when you're reclining in it. Come on. You know darn well when you're reclining in it. So wrong living. Man, I'm moving too slow. Number three, he says, as the shoes of your feet. Who got some heat on their feet today? As the shoes of your feet have been put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Yo, you cop them to do gospel of pieces? That's corny. But what are you, why is he giving us the gospel of peace? Because I think the battleground, you ready for this one, is confusion. There's a spiritual warfare happening on the battleground of confusion. What does peace have to do with confusion? I'm glad you asked. Because this is what my Bible says, Philippians 4, 7. It says this, and the peace of God, who needs the peace of God this morning? And the peace of God, watch what it does, watch what it does, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There is a lot of confusion going on out there, and I don't believe to combat that confusion, we just need more information. Can we all be honest? We don't all need more information. We need more peace. We need more peace because this peace transcends that understanding. It means like, yo, I don't even understand what's going on right now, but I got the peace of God. I'm going to be all right. And that's going to be the thing that's going to guard my heart and guard my mind in Christ Jesus. You just want more and more understanding. And I have found and in 20 years of ministry and 41 years on this planet Earth, knowledge has not led me to peace. God has, though. Knowing more. You could Google, you could YouTube all your problems and still not have peace. It's spiritual warfare. Some of you need to get on your knees and say, God, I don't want peace for my understanding. I need your peace. Notice it says the peace of God, not the peace of man. The peace of God will guard our hearts. The peace of God transcends all understanding. It's the battleground of confusion. I'm not going to finish this today. Some of you are like, man, this is going to be long, isn't it? Spiritual warfare is a big concept. It is. But we're going to be equipped to do this. I want us to be a praying church. Some of you, right when I said that, you have this picture, right, of people just walking up and down the aisles praying. No, I mean, when Paul told the Ephesians to pray at all times, that we're walking around, we're fighting constantly. Not in a way, not in a way that's like, like tiresome, but like when you're walking through your house, like, you know what, Jesus, I pray the peace of God on my kids right now in Jesus' name. I pray the peace of God on my wife. I pray the peace of God on my husband right now in Jesus' name. And it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be. We stop thinking that these, these novel long prayers are the potent prayers. Sometimes it's the non-ceasing prayers that are powerful. 
Sometimes I'll just know that someone's carrying something. I'll just pray in the spirit, in ShopRite, at Wawa, especially in Wawa. That's a battleground right there. Here's the next battleground. He says the shield of faith. So the next battleground should be fear. Some of us need to fight fear. Some of your anxieties isn't based on uncertainty. It's based on just the fear of not knowing. The fear of what's coming next. And notice he talks about the shield. He talks about the darts from the enemy. Your enemy is not that close. Because if he was close, he wouldn't need darts. And so from afar, he's throwing out these thoughts that lead you to fear. I'm, I'm, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid what will happen what will happen if I step up and I go for that promotion? What will happen if I start that business? What will happen? And fear, you're handicapped by fear. That is the battleground for spiritual warfare. And we need to keep on fighting that, in that battleground. That fear that comes in, that, that fear that, that loves to, listen, when you, especially if you allow two battlegrounds to combine against each other, fears and lies, fears and lies will have you crippled and paralyzed when God wants you mobilized and walking in strength. Let's get back to praying against fear. Why? The big verse, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. What did he give you? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what he's, fear is not of God. Any, write this down, any fear-based decision, and this is a strong statement, but I'm going to go there. Any fear-based decision in your life is contrary to the will of God. Any fear-based decision, it could even be the right decision. But if it's a fear-based decision, it is contrary to the will of God. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. Y'all getting this? Number five, madness. He's given us the, the helmet of salvation. In that same verse where I said 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Other translations say a saved mind. So when we talk about that helmet of salvation, some of y'all forgot that you're saved. Does anybody forget that you're saved in traffic? Come on. Does anybody forget that you're saved in the Ikea parking lot? A saved mind. So, so a sound mind. And so that's why it's really important. It's really important for us to guard these minds and not let your minds run in an area, run in a direction that it doesn't belong in. Like I said, spiritual warfare is not about yelling at demons. Sometimes it's more about taking thoughts captive. So there's a lot of madness out there in this world. And can I promise you that you're not called to it. You're called to fight against it. Because God has given, given you. He's given it to you. So notice it's a helmet of salvation. You don't have to earn it. You just have to protect it. The helmet of salvation. Number six, he's given us the sword of the spirit, which I believe helps us fight instant gratification. How do you make that connection, Pastor Mike? How? I know this. Let's, can, I, can we keep it 100? The one area that I struggle with probably the most in my life is discipline. I go hard for a season, and then I stop. That's where you see me. You, you'll see me fluctuate in my weight. I'll go hard. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll hit that treadmill like I love it, and I don't. Right? I, I, I eat right, and I don't, but then the holidays kick in. Right? Come on. The holidays kick in, and then you think, I'll start strong in January 1st. And then you mess up, and then what's one more week? 
What's one more month? You know what, March. March is a good time to really start eating better, right? Because like you got some birthdays in February and Valentine's Day. You got to eat chocolate on Valentine's Day. Right? So I struggle with this element of self-discipline. And here's what I've noticed. I've noticed in my life, and I don't want to make it normative, but I'm just I'm sharing my testimony here, that when, when, I'm not, when I'm reading the word for myself, not just preparing a message, which is easy to do, by the way, future preachers. Sometimes we just read the word to prepare for the message, but you're not reading the word to fill up your tank. Trust me, your boy reads the word, but if I'm honest with you, sometimes it's not to fill up my tank. It's to make sure you get a good message on Sunday. But, 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 but I'm more disciplined when I'm in the word. So when he gives us the sword of the spirit, the sword in which he says, he literally says it's the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. The sword of the spirit, it helps me fight instant gratification the more I'm in his word. It, it helps me be more disciplined. And, and you know what else is pretty cool? I found out that like when you do that, you actually start fighting like Jesus fought. So Jesus was led into the wilderness in Luke chapter 4 to be tempted by the devil. And watch what the devil tried to do. He just tried to give him instant gratification. He said, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So he said, what is the devil offering? Instant gratification. Hey, turn this stone into bread. Carve out, bruh. You earned it. Come on. I would have turned it. If I was Jesus, I would have turned it into some Krispy Kremes. Where, where are you at? Come on. Some Krispy Kremes, like, Pastor, get in the word. You're not disciplined enough. But notice how Jesus responded. What did he say? It is written. Second temptation. This is what the devil said. The devil said, worship me and all this will be yours. Fool, everything's going to be Jesus's. What was he offering? Instant gratification. What was Jesus' response? It is written. Hello? Third temptation. He says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down here. And again, what did Jesus respond? It is written. It is written. He combated instant gratification with the word of God. I'm telling you right now, just try it. Just try it. Get into the word of God. That, that, if you're fighting that, that spiritual warfare battle in regards to self-discipline, because you're always caving into instant gratification, get into the word of God. I want to fight like Jesus. And I want you to fight like Jesus too. Last one, last battleground is disconnection. So he's given us all these things, but there's a weapon there that he didn't make a metaphor for. He said this, he says, pray, praying at all times in the spirit. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. What is prayer? Prayer, I've heard people say, well, prayer is just talking to God. Not all the time. There's sometimes I'm venting, venting to God and don't let him get a word. Anybody there with me? But prayer is a connection with God. And I just know that whenever I have a disconnection with God, it's really easy to disconnect with people. And notice we miss out on bearing that cross in our lives. When I'm disconnected with God, I'm disconnected with people. So, so we, we disassemble the cross in our lives when we have both the vertical connection and the horizontal connection happening together. And prayer is our weapon. And again, my prayer is that all of us, we just step it up in this area. Because here's my promise. It's not going to get easier. 
Here's my promise, that there will be weapons formed against you. Here's my promise that, I, unfortunately, I messed up and I gave you this information, so now you have to be responsible for it. Oops. Sorry, not sorry. Now you're responsible for it. So I don't care how old you are, and I don't care how young you are. My prayer is that we pray, and pray for real, not the traditional religious prayers. And you are intelligent people. And listen, nothing against those prayers, like, you know, when you buy these prayer books and you can read other people's prayers. Nothing against that. But I believe that God has not given you a junior Holy Spirit, that the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. You do not, don't buy into that. You do not have a junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives in Pastor Mike, the same Holy Spirit that lives in Ephraim lives in you. And so there are times when you, the Bible says if you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. Sometimes some of my prayers are just Jesus. I, I, I can't even say anything, just Jesus. Jesus help me. But for us to eagerly desire this connection with God, why? Because you are not a human being having spiritual experiences. You are a spiritual being battling with human experiences. And so when you encounter something, that you are, it's out of your control, you can't do anything about it, that's when you fight. That's when you put on the belt of truth. That's when you put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. That's when, that's when you put on the gospel of peace. That's when, that's when you grab your sword. That's when you start praying. And they don't have to be this thee and thou type of prayer. And Stop comparing your prayers with other people. They, you, you ever heard the statement, man, that person prays really good. No, they perform really well sometimes. But the good prayers are the ones that you pray. Those are the good prayers. Good prayers are any prayers that you genuinely desire a connection with God. Can we be a church that does spiritual warfare right. And it's, it's, it's not too intellectual and it's not too woo-hoo, but we're doing it the way Jesus asked us to do it because there is a fight, there is a battle, and I'm not gonna stop fighting and I'm not gonna quit because in due season, you will reap a harvest. In due season, you will reap a harvest and I can't wait to cheer you on when that harvest is right in front of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand up to our feet. Very quickly, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to do something real quick. Let's keep this moment very private. I promise you I'll wrap up very quickly. Two things I want to do. Really feel strong that there's some people here um, you feel like you have no connection with God and you want to reconnect. You have no connection with God and you want to reconnect. I want to pray for you right now. So, so every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's make this moment private. And I want you to raise your hand. If that's you. Thank you for that hand. Yep, hands, hands, good. I see you. I see you. Keep your hand up. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we ask you right now in Jesus' name to help us, help us reconnect with you. And Holy Spirit, teach us how amazing it is that literally we don't have to do a physical thing to reconnect with you. All we have to do 
surrender to your will. All we have to do is let go to our ways and believe in your ways. Scripture tells us that those who believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So for those who raise your hand, just simply say, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. Trust me, he'll help you in your unbelief. Those two things can coexist. He'll help you, but I believe in you, Jesus. And then trust that God is not distant. He is right there with you. My Bible says that he is near to those who are brokenhearted. He's right there with you. In Jesus' name. Second people, I, this is a trick. I'm praying for everyone right now, everyone here. Holy Spirit, I know that everyone here is fighting something. Number one, I ask you to help us keep fighting. Keep fighting. Number two, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just help us to pray in the Spirit the way you called us. And, and we could just be, we, we don't have to be a veteran Christian. We could just be a Christian for 30 seconds and, and know how to pray in the Spirit, which means this strong connection with you. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It just has to be an authentic prayer. Help us fight the good fight of faith, Jesus. Help us fight lies, fight wrong living, fight fear, fight confusion. Help us fight all those things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church, he won't fail. Do you believe that? He won't fail you. you. We might fail in moments, but he won't fail you. Let's believe that. Let's see that in our hearts. In Jesus' name.